Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today on the I Drink From Skulls podcast. He's the mauler from Maryland, the punisher from Potomac. He has his own business mastermind podcast and is the founder and CEO of his own roofing and remodeling company, Mr. Kenny Baden. Kenny, Kenny. I feel like we really had to pump that up a bit. I really went all in for that. I feel like I should be running out of, uh, I don't know, somewhere cooler than sitting in my office. That was good, dude. Were you just doing some pom-poms for me, man? I appreciate you, man. Yeah, that's what was missing. I have one of those, uh, what do you call them, roadcasters? And it has like the little buttons. And I think they came preset. But I just now realized like three of them were the generic like laugh, clap, the wah, 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 all that, dude. You got to get one. That would have been perfect just now, man. I feel like that was the only thing that was missing was that. But that's the best intro I've ever gotten, man. If I could only have that every time I walked in the room, I would be ecstatic, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's go. I drink from skulls. Drink from the skulls of my enemies. Well, that's it, my man. Well, for the benefit of all our listeners, who the hell is Kenny Baden and how did you get here? Who is Ken? How far back do you want me to go? High school to, to now, or do you want me to tell you the dirt or the brief synopsis? My story is very similar to yours, my friend, which I just found out recently as you were so kind to come on my podcast, which is the Kitchen Table Podcast, very, uh, able to be streamed on probably all the same spots that this is, although you seem to have a little bit more of a fancy setup, so I got some catching up to do. But who is Ken? I am just your run-of-the-mill bloke, as you may say. Uh, but I will say that for me, I got into a car accident when I was yeah, 19 or 20, similar to your, uh, I didn't play professional rugby, so I don't have that cool of a story, but got into a car accident. I was 19 or 20 years old. That's really, and the reason why I'm going here, by the way, is definitively, this was a, uh, a part for me. So 19 years old, well, it okay. was around then, honestly, man. I lost a few brain cells over the years. So it was, it was about my freshman year of college. So freshman year of college, get into a car accident. And the, the reason I bring that up is it, it kind of shaped the rest of my uh, existence, really, um, as I'm sure you can relate to, right? So get prescribed pain pills. Same thing happens to me that happens to you. You know, I, I, I don't get immediately hooked, but I definitely like them. I'm prescribed them for three years. Changes the physiological makeup of, of whatever's going on up there. You know, it's like impossible not yeah. to be hooked to those things after that amount of time. That's not a built-in excuse. It's just like facts. You know, guys like you and I take that for a long enough time. You're going to be physically uh, addicted. But I will say this. I also have a very addictive personality. So there are people who experience that, go through the, the crap, literally and metaphorically, and come out the other side and keep on moving. I'm not one of those people, right? Whatever it is, I've got it. And that's all there is to it. So that being said, for me, man, that was like the worst thing that could have happened. Or the best, depending on how you looked at it. At the time, it was the worst because my whole life fell apart. I barely graduated college. Thank God I, I did, even though I didn't use anything. Excuse me, I didn't use that degree for anything. And I still kind of like the way my, my way I look at college now is like, go if you know what you're going to do. Otherwise, you're me and you got a degree in, in partying. You know what I mean? Like, I just was kind of lost. Didn't really know what else to do. People were going to college. So I went to college. The girl I was dating went to college. I literally picked her major, her classes. I would have gone and done her job had other things not happened and intervened. So I was just kind of totally lost anyhow. But uh, basically, man, over the course of the next two years, it was a very short-lived, very quick end when I joined my fraternity at the very last semester. 
I don't know who waits till the last semester or second to last semester to join a fraternity, but that's what I did my last year anyhow. And that's because I have this in me, right? That addictive personality that I went out one night, got hammered, and I woke up and I had joined a fraternity. And the only reason I didn't quit was because they came in my room the next day. I had no remembrance of any of this. And they're like, oh yeah, dude, we, we, you know, me and my buddy had joined. He wanted to do it. He was going to be there for a couple of years. Me, pretty soon I was like, hell no, I'm not doing this. And they're like, well, it's all good, man. You can quit. We'll just call you Quitter Kent. And that's what they did. They called whoever quit, Quitter so-and-so. And they really called you that. And that's all it took for me to be like, all right, well, I, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> that was all it took. And I, I joined the whole fraternity because of that. But uh, I also learned how to uh, abuse pain pills. Not directly because it wasn't their fault. It's just I think that opening myself up to uh, I didn't hang around people, did anything like that. And that whole world, that party lifestyle opened me up to like, hey, you can do these with those. So I started abusing them. And then 2010, everything falls out bottom falls out you know i've got the family intervention and then i go to uh three rehabs in jail in one year lose that girlfriend gain this girlfriend lose that girlfriend and you know that whole cycle i don't know how much of that you went through but oh man i think i was in like eight rehabs nine rehabs something like that and also yeah. you know i have the dubious honor of being a convicted felon now as well so i got the degree and then I get the felony. So I did that way backwards. But, uh, and I don't re recommend that for anybody. But uh, that's what happened, man. So right after college, I get the degree and then I, I get a felony because my entire life bottoms out. And I go from like college graduate to absolute liability. You wouldn't even recognize me, man. Like I live by principles, I live by core values. And I was raised, I mean, we we're in the same mastermind and that's cool and then and it preaches core values and so does every other book on business that i've read recently but i was already raised that way right like the guy that's in the office next to me my father is former military and you know very much old school my mom they just they raised me right so i already had that stuff i just lost it you know the things that i was doing my actions when i was doing those uh things and the things that you start to have to do because you think you need this substance yeah. that goes so bad that i was doing just I'm sure you can imagine, man. As you would say, some very naughty things that landed me in jail. But for me, I was just ruthless and a shadow of myself. And I hated myself because of it. And that's tough, man, because I tell people this, man. And I really, I hone in on this because it's such a big part of who I am now. Because I got so, so fucking low. I mean, so low. I genuinely, by the time everything had bottomed out, now this is like a decade later. A decade of do good couple months you know what i mean and 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 as i'm coming back from like the first rehab second rehab third rehab i always come back around i'm so hard-headed man like i was introduced to the solutions right like the meetings and the re yeah. recovery world but i was gonna make my own you know what i mean i was either gonna come up with my own solution or my own group you guys could join but i was not gonna subscribe to like someone else telling me that i couldn't just like will myself to not do this. I couldn't understand that. And I could understand that I shouldn't do drugs, but I certainly couldn't understand that I shouldn't drink. Like 24 years old, bro, what else is there to do? You know? I mean, that just was not a concept I could grasp, man. I mean, could you? And you've just shared so many golden nuggets there, some really deep stuff, stuff that not many people are willing to talk about. Just to sort of circle back there, do you, do you have a message for people that are listening long? Maybe they're going through something similar. You know, they're on tough times. Is it is it as simple as one day at a time, one, you know, 
left foot, right foot, one step at a time. Talk us through that. That's the thing, man. And I'm not going to go too off topic here, but like I've got young people now and it's very important to me that I do my best to give back and give people opportunities. I'm careful. You know, I have time limitations and things that I look for now because that's burnt me in the past, but I'm very passionate about giving that second chance because I had to get three or four of those. Uh, but I also burnt several companies because in that span of that that, that decade, I worked at four or five remodeling companies because I had to got my experience for somewhere. Dude, and I always did so well. You know, we sell ourselves so well, right? I think people who get labeled that addic addictive yeah. uh, personality uh, label, like we're some of the most talented people in the world, right? Jimi Hendrix. I mean, I can go on and on and on, but I would always sell myself really well. I'd get in. I'd do really well for like a month or two. And then the bottom would drop out because I would try to like, just do whatever my way. I'd make a bunch of money and then I would lose a bunch of money. And that was like fast forward for 10 years, right? Company, company, company. They'd always hire me back because that's how sales is, unfortunately, right? Like, well, he can sell. Hopefully this time he's really going to stick around. You know, he's really going to make it. And I never did. And, uh, yeah. And I did terrible things and I got worse and worse and worse. And I, you know, I told you I got a felony. I tried to rob a store. I tried to, you know, I, I did a lot of really bad things, man. And, um, and so yeah. it was just a complete polar opposite of who I was raised to be, who graduated college, who's sitting here before you. And the more of those things I do, the more that I hate myself. And I tell people this all the time. That's what I was getting at is there are some fates that are worse than death. Waking up, in a perpetual existence it's existing you're no longer you're not living you're existing and you know factually it's almost better if you don't have anybody that cares about you you know what i mean because when when you got a family and you got a mom and a dad and a grandma and my grandmother was like my world but so is my dad and my mom but my grandma like i have haunting memories of her like crying and she's passed now but like begging me not to leave begging me not to do stuff begging me to stop and i wanted to stop with everything in me dude i can tell you stories of like I'm not super emotional. If anything, I have one emotion that's like, you know, angry, right? But like every once in a while, I think about stuff like that and it gets me, man, because like you bottle yeah. that stuff up for a decade plus, man, and you get these memories of the people that you love, just like, don't you love me? You know, and I do, but that's just, I don't understand. I can't explain it. There's no power on this earth that's greater than whatever that is. And I've seen moms with babies in their stomachs. I know you can't tell me there's a stronger love than that. And you think they just like purposely, they want to do that. Of course, they don't want to do that. They just don't, they don't know what else to do, right? I mean, I can't explain it to someone else outside of you, Matt, because I know you know what I'm talking about, but anyone else is going to think, what the hell you, just don't do it. I wish it were that easy. I wish love could stop it or any of these things. So what I'm saying is I hated myself, man. I hated myself. I just existed for about a decade. I got so low that I had like given my phone away. And I was at peace, man. I was at peace with, this is it, you know? At this point, I had been in and out of rehabs, homeless. I had been in jail for over a year. I, you know, I'd caught the felony. All the things that you would have thought would have helped me. And I'm thinking, man, this is it. This is it. This is it for me. I got a little chair, not a couch, but I'm in a basement with some other guys that do similar things. You know, and I'm like homeless, but I'm not yeah. really homeless because like I got a chair to sleep on. So that's like pretty great for us. You know what I mean? Like I'm that for me, I'm like, Hey man, I got a, I got a roof. I don't have a car. I don't have a license. I'm wanted. I got caught trying to steal from a buddy of mine's dad. 
everybody's mad at me. And it was just the noise had to stop, man. I just sold the phone. And again, this is like, this is the last time, by the way. And there are a million other of these examples, but why go there, right? Uh, you get the picture at this point. But my point is, is I had given up. So uh, I had accepted defeat, accepted death. I never thought I was ever coming back. I didn't have a bank account. I, you know, all these things I did came with consequences. And basically, it just seemed so insurmountable that I was like, well, I don't care because I'm not coming back. I'm going to die anyhow. Who really cares? You know, um, and it just didn't happen, dude. I don't know what else to say. It didn't happen. I tried. I could tell you instances and even the last night of, you know, what I did. You know, I literally tried a strong arm, a couple guys that were selling things that I wanted and uh, that didn't end very well. And I'm lucky they didn't kill me, but I didn't yeah. care, man. I just didn't care. When did it again? A couple hours later, I was a wild man, you know, contrary to this you know, a little polo shirt and, and, and spiky hair or whatever, man. I was a freaking lunatic. I just didn't care. When you don't care if you live or die, you know what I mean? You're like, I don't care. I You have something I want. I'm going to take it or try. And that's it. You know, shoot me, kill. I don't care. I'm already, I exist. And there's a fate, like I said, way worse than Damn. death. So somehow I made it and I went to like my ninth rehab. And the only difference this time, man, was every bridge had been, every bridge had been burnt. And I share this because I want people who might be listening to this, who may be going through a similar situation to understand that nothing was taught to me that was any different this time than I ever experienced any other time. The only difference was I was beaten literally, physically, mentally enough to where I was like out of ideas. And so the same information that I had been told a hundred other times, I was actually open to it. Like, dude, whatever, tell me what to do. I'm out of ideas. And that saved my life. And, and again, no one... Matt, you might have the same experience. Did you have an, a, a, an experience where people were trying to help you, but it was counterproductive because that's what they think they're supposed to do. Moms do this all yeah. the time, right? Like here's money. <laughs> here's, here's a, a bed to sleep in. Come on. Yeah, sure. Leave, leave rehab and come back home. That wasn't an option for me this time. You know what I mean? I there was no home. I was homeless. I literally slept outside, uh, towards the end there. I was sleeping literally in the woods and, uh, that was what saved my life. There was no place to go to, no one to turn to, burn every bridge, and I was forced to stand on my own two feet, take advantage of food stamps, government funding, all the things that I had probably made fun of people for in high school, and that's what I had become. But guess what, man? Like it, it. This is where I get to the best part, where it's like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me, because ultimately what it did was, you know, I think I had this view of the world, and uh, and I always thought something would just kind of come be handed to me maybe i don't know I, I was very lost like i said in college and then now it's like dude i i know what i gotta i gotta focus on getting my license back getting a car get my license unsuspended then save up enough for to get my license then save up enough to get a car then save up enough to fix that car so it drives then save up enough and i did that man little by little you know frankly man i i didn't plan on coming back so and once i was back i was like holy shit what am i gonna do you know I'm in a hole that just seems like, how am I ever going to get out of this? I'll be 20 years from now before I get out of this. I had a 400 plus, a 400 credit score, 400 something. I didn't even know that was possible. Uh, and yeah, man, I went and the fiance I have now is an attorney. I have messages in my phone about her graduating law school. Like if I show up to her party that she would call the police and now we're engaged. But uh, I also met with her when I got sober this time and she was going to help me declare bankruptcy and then when she saw what my debt was she was like look i know this seems like a lot but you can get out of this 
And she was right, man. And had I not done that, I wouldn't have my business. Had I done that, I wouldn't have my business right now, which subsequently is, helps her and I to be able to have these house, you know, the situation we have going on right now. So it's really cool, man, uh, how all that worked out. But bottom line is, man, that event in my life, that one event in my life that was arguably the worst thing at the time that could have ever happened to me, completely changed and it ripped my family apart. It ripped, you know, but, but sort of my cousin and my other cousin, and it became this whole family thing, man. And it wasn't just me, but all it took was one person to get their stuff together and then kind of brought the family back together, man. And then I'm now I'm pulling my other cousin out of Baltimore. And before that, I'm the worst possible example that could be to him, right? She wouldn't have let me anywhere near him. And now he's sitting in the next room working at the office, thank God, and he's doing well. So man, what was once the worst thing that could have happened became the best thing that ever happened to me. It made me the best version of myself. It made me the most hungry version of myself, the most humble. And I can't stress that word because when you get knocked on your ass like that, you got no choice but to be humble. I mean, like, I don't know, or you're going to be very miserable because <laughs> everybody knows in social media days, man, like everybody knows what happened. Everybody. So for me, I just am wide open with it. Like why hide it? Why not try to like help some people? I'm very big into that in my outside time. And you know, those, those spaces are big in, uh, on anonymity. And so I don't go too far into detail of it other than there are plenty of programs and 12-step groups for people that are looking for some help that work. And I can attest to that. And I'll leave it at that. But yeah, man. So uh, that saved my life and it made me the best version of myself. So ultimately, that is how I think uh, I got here. Outside of the fact that in the, in the turmoil there, right, in those 10 years, remodeling sales is what I fell into. And subsequently, every time I had some like instances of sobriety, I was selling roofs, selling windows, selling bathrooms, selling solar and doing well and then crash and then sell something else and then crash and then sell something else and then crash and so 10 years of that and i wasn't sure i wanted to get back into it man but i i did once i got a little bit of you know cushion under my belt when i came back this time and knew like okay maybe this is actually maybe i got a real chance here sticking around i was comfortable enough because i was doing manual labor again man i was ironically i was installing roofs believe it or not so I went from selling them to installing them and uh, back to selling them again. But I was scared to do it, man. I'm not going to lie. I tell people that all the time, by the way, is that as much as it might seem, trust me, man, there's a lot that I left out. A lot of gory, ugly details that don't serve anyone, but they're fun to hear if they're not me, you know, <laughs> me telling it. But bottom line is it was really, really bad. I had given up to the point where I thought I was, I just, that was it. I was dead didn't care frankly and I well and I wanted to be man at that point like you wake up like cool I'm awake again I hurt everybody that loves me I take from everybody that loves me I know for a fact they'd be better off without me that's a fact you know and they might think that and that's that's horrible to say but it's dude what do you expect like they get beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and then they let down let down I mean like you can't be mad at them if they think that like they just want it to be over one way or the other right and so like you know that I knew that they probably would never say that to me, but I knew that, right? And that's just a terrible feeling, man. So to come back from that, whatever that is, whatever your rock bottom is, it doesn't have to be drugs. It could be depression. It could be financial crisis. It could be divorce. Whatever your bottom is that seems so dark, so deep that you can't possibly get out. Dude, if you, if you really, truly, 
A, put your all into it, but B, just one step at a time. That would be the other thing I would suggest. You know what I mean? I don't normally have that in me, but it was just so freaking vast that it was like, I mean, dude, I thought I was going to declare bankruptcy. So I had, I was like forced to take it one step at a time. That's not my style. Probably not your style either, Matt, but like we're all in 2000 miles an hour. Let's just do it all tomorrow. I just didn't have that option, man. It was like, this is, it was so overwhelming. And I had a guy tell me, he said, well, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And I knew what he meant. Like, dude, what's the first thing you have to do? Well, first I got to get a job, any job. I got to make rent. That's halfway house. I got three months of funding. Got a job from somebody who was willing to pick me up every day, pay me 15 bucks an hour to do helper work, handyman work, and drive me back. And this man worked right across the street from his own house. He drew 30 minutes to and from to pick me up because he liked my attitude and my work ethic every day and put enough money in my pocket because he liked my attitude and my work ethic and uh, thought that I actually had a chance. And he was a member of, a, of the same program. Again, I'll, I'll leave it at that, which was cool. That was such a good thing for me to experience too because I was really like, okay, some of these people are for real. Some people really do not want anything from me just to see me do well. Because there was another guy that he was originally supposed to hire that had way better experience than I did. But he was, he was, uh, he was fucking up. He was late. He wasn't serious. And so he picked me. And I saved up enough to get my license unsuspended. I had no documents supporting I was a human. Dad had to drive me around, get my social, get my birth certificate, all these things. Then I had to get my license unsuspended. But I had to get those things first. Then I had to save up enough money to get my license back. Then save up enough money to get a car. That car was $900. I needed to save up enough money to get that truck to run because it was a little less 10 and 900 bucks isn't going to get you very far with the truck. So, but it got me, you know, a position at a, at a company that required a truck, right? So I bought a truck. That's a truck. Might not be much of a truck, but it's a truck. And, uh, like we like went on like some, some, uh, 10 day out of town work thing too, like working in like New York or something like that. And I just rode with someone else. Saved up enough by doing that to fix it while we were gone. It's just all these things aligned, man. But like, it was just one piece at a time, bro. That's how you do it. One step at a time. And you find yourself six years later, owning a few companies, having some success, owning a house, owning multiple cars, getting engaged, employing people. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't have a, a podcast on your podcast. You want me? You want me to be on your podcast. You ask me to be on your podcast. It's just, man... When we talk about it like that, the gratitude just oozes out, bro. It just oozes out. I can only imagine what it was like for you, man. But that's why I'm, I'm so open about it. Because to me, man, life is good and it's important to stay in that. Because I can get caught up real quick Absolutely. in whatever's got going on today. You know what I mean? There are bullshits going on with the business. We're not hitting goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, boo fucking who, dude. You know what I mean? Things are pretty sweet. It's funny... Um that we talk about this now, a buddy of mine actually talked me through this sort of a process like about being grateful and, and just living in the experience right now. Like, and it, it went along the lines of how would you be if you, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago in, in, in the suck, right? How would you be if you had today's problems back then? That's a really good way to look at it. Actually. Imagine back then looking at now and you'd be like, uh, sign me up dude i'll take those problems imagine the, just having those problems now i think about that when i think about would uh, that change your perspective you know we we have guys in our in our mastermind group and even just within our whole whole like you know circle 
that have these like exotic cars and things. And I mean, we could probably, I could go buy one now. It wouldn't be a smart investment. But my point is like that Corvette that I have out there was like my dream car four four years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would have been, oh, I'll be, I get that. That's it. And then a the second I get it, I'm like, oh, it's not the new one. You know what I mean? So don't put your stock in things. You know what I mean? Like it's just the, the things and the money, dude. My, 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 one of my spiritual mentors, I'll call him that. He always tells me it's the rule of 20% more. Yeah. Like, oh, if I could just make a million, I'll be happy. And you make a million. Well, you know what I mean? It's always 20% more Then it's five, 10, 20, you know? And so it's just knowing that I've kind of gotten a real quick dose of like, all right, for me, man, I now don't get me wrong. I want to make, I want to be a billionaire. That's a goal of mine. I verbally say that all the time. I want to shoot for it. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. You know, Elon's a big uh, inspiration to me. I don't have Elon's brain power, but I don't think you know, anyone does. I like to think, and yeah, <laughs> very few people do, but either way, man, I'm going for it, right? So if I fall short, hey, you know, at least I will have tried, but absolutely. Uh, my point is, and I, where was I going with this? My goodness, you just, you're right. I don't have Elon's. No one does. But uh, what I was going, oh yeah, putting stock in things. So my, my, point, my point is that I do want to be a billionaire. I do want to be massively successful. I do want to build a brand that's big enough. You know, I want to be the next Ryan Stewart, Grant Cardone, Bradley. And I use them as examples because Ryan would collect, correct me and say, you're going to be the first Ken Bate you know, and I love that. Like he's, that's the truth, but why? Well, I want a platform big enough to be able to help as many people as I can. And that's just all there is to it. I gotta, I gotta have something more dude, or guys yeah. like me and you, and I can only stay and speak on myself, but I've already learned very quickly. Like, all right, things and money are only going to get me so far. I need to have a higher purpose. And for me, it's helping people, whether it's bringing people up through my company whether it's directly helping somebody or mentoring somebody who's going through a similar thing with myself. And who knows when I, when, when, and if not when, and if, when I do reach a platform that big, you know what I can do with it. I think about that now. I'm like, I, I don't know, build rehabs. I, I don't know. You know, like it's easy to say like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to help some people. I mean, well, how, you know what I mean? But yeah. that'll be a great problem to have and figure out when I get there. Absolutely. And would you say that's the the main driver, the reason why you've got a podcast, a mastermind, and you know you're doing all of these cool things outside of just the remodeling? Yeah, I mean that's the truth. I mean, the timing is expedited, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's where they come from. So you know, I was kind of on like a more, all right, let's take it slow path, and then you know you meet guys like Ryan, and look, man, when I got hooked up with Ryan last year. I was just following him on social media and he put out something saying like, Hey, I'm looking to take on another coaching client. I had no idea what his mastermind was or what I knew what a mastermind was yeah. from Think and Grow Rich. I didn't know that all of these figures that I followed had one, most of them, or had coaching groups or anything like that. I didn't know that was a thing. So he put that out. I DM'd. And to my surprise, he responded to me and the rate was a lot of freaking money, but we tend to kind of be action takers and a little bit uh, risk friendly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're not scared to take a risk. So I jumped into it, man. And I threw the equivalent of a, a house, right? Invested that into him. And uh, since then it's been about six months, but everything's kind of just been expedited yeah. because of that. Like, cool, let's go. You know what I mean? 
he knows the people, he knows the circle. So maybe I wasn't planning on doing it now, but the network is there and we can plant the groundwork. Now the mastermind doesn't have to become apex or, or our arate tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Ryan started with five people. So, you know, if I can get those core five people and start to get the foundational pieces there, here's my plan to answer you very honestly. The business, the remodeling business is what I know. And I know very well. And the remodeling business, my plan is private equity in the next couple of years. That's the goal. The original goal was about five to eight, but having spoken with the lawyers and we have our numbers very dialed in, if we can hit our goal this year and then maintain a very modest growth increase the following year, it could be as soon as two years. But there's a lot of due diligence, a lot of red tape and follow up and follow through that would have to happen. Things would have to go perfectly, but in a perfect world, you know, we're able to do that. And that to me is like that big resume builder. But I was also always not doing anything because I was waiting for that big resume builder. Like, well, I'll start a company, but once I hit 10 million, then once I hit 20, then once I hit 50, like I'm not good enough yet to be a speaker or a mastermind guy. And then just like the 20% rule, it seemed like it was never going to come. So it's like, you know what, dude, I've done enough now to have something to offer the guy that isn't either there or maybe is even further than me, but is struggling, struggling with some of the things that I'm good at or that my network is good at. The power of a network is is huge. And so, and I've worked really hard over the last few years and the last 15 years since I've been remodeling to acquire a very fortunate and, and large network, especially here in Maryland. And so timing might be a little bit off, but, but yeah, that's where all it all comes from. And the plan is to sell private equity, excuse me, sell to private equity, use that as like the big catalyst, that first private equity piece to then drive the rest of the the life goals, right? The consulting company that I have and the uh, the mastermind, which originally was just going to be consulting. And I didn't really have the concept of the mastermind down now that I do. And that was also kind of circumstantial, an opportunity to do something with someone I really admired. And I jumped at that too, man. So again, timing might be a little bit off, but yeah, that's the goal. Love it, man. And something you mentioned before, um, you know, that you have a podcast, you have these other, these other mediums, these other programs and things, where can people find them? How can they connect you with you? Let's talk about that. Let's see here. Well, there's the kitchen table podcast and the kitchen table podcast streams on Spotify. I mean, on the major platform, just like yours is on, uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, There is me, which is, I think it's Facebook is Kenny Baden, K-E-N-N-Y, Baden, B-A-D-E-N. That's Facebook. And then my Insta handle is Ken2TheB. So it's Ken, the number two, the, the letter B, Ken to the B on Insta. And then we've got Potomac Customer Modeling, which is my company that has its own social media. We've got Blue Collar Ballers, which is a big one and worth mentioning. Blue Collar Ballers is the mastermind. If you find yourself in the blue collar industry and you're looking to uh, grow with a mastermind, just like Arate or Apex, right? You know, Ryan is actually in that. Ryan Stuman is actually in Blue Collar Ballers. And you better believe that he's going to be the guiding force there, you know, uh, and helping me make this thing the real deal. And so you couldn't ask for anybody better than that. Absolutely. But yeah, check us out at Blue Collar Ballers on Facebook. And uh, if you're interested, we can go from there and, and get some information for you and, and bring you in the Blue Collar Ballers Union and help, like I said, bring this thing up. Uh, and then I've got Baden Consulting as well, which is a consulting group. If you're a, a struggling small business to scale, 
or you're interested in learning how to do the, the roofing or solar uh, door-to-door industry, we can help you. Any final words before we wrap things up? I hate to uh, cut it short, man, but uh, you know how it goes. One, we both got to do this again, man, because I feel like we've got like two days worth of uh, talking we could do with our similarities. I would say, man, final words, given the context Absolutely. of today's we'll have podcast, to do it again. would be that, you know, both myself and Matt have been very fortunate and blessed to have very successful outcomes that started from, well, it doesn't sound like either of us started from like the pits or anything like that, but we found ourselves in a spot in our lives, or at least I can speak for myself, that it was just, like I said, it was over. I was resound to, this is it. I'm done. It's done. It's never too late. Ever, ever, ever. So no matter where you're at, no matter how you're feeling, I promise you I chalked it up. The only thing I didn't do is take my own life. And I tried, you know, it's never too late. Never, ever too late. So never give up. Never, ever abandon hope. If you have any fight in you whatsoever and you just take it one step at a time, I promise you the rest will come so much quicker than you could ever imagine. And you'll look back like Matt and I are in a few years and just be like, holy crap. You know what I mean? Uh, and I would love to see that for anybody and everybody that's in that position. And that's, that's it. Again, not to get too uh, on to that, but I feel like I didn't get very far off of it. So <laughs> I don't know how much business I talked to. Uh, we didn't really get to any of the cool questions you had. So, But I can answer those next time for you. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again. I would love to, man. I would love to. And we'll get on those questions. And I promise I'll focus more on business because I actually do know a thing or two. I promise I do. You know this stuff. <laughs> well, we'll both have to do that because I feel like it's the same thing. You know what I mean? We'll get you more. We'll get the skinny more in your dirt and I'll get more into the business. We'll, we'll, we'll have an even exchange there. Well, Ken, very appreciative of your time, sir. Awesome. Just wanted to thank you for sharing some of that personal stuff. Yeah, we didn't hit the questions, but there was so much gold today. There's going to be so much value for our fellow skull drinkers. And that's a wrap, my good man. Uh, for our fellow skull takers, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you, Mr. Ken Baden.
All right, man. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you later.